Love my fight song. It always takes too long to get going, and we can never find one that was actually made in maybe like 2015 or 16 or 17 or 18. We're using the one from the 40s. May may I say, as a son of the Midwest, where Big Ten fight songs are quick and snappy, it takes a little to get going. Well, and then it finally gets going, and then you realize to your horror that they're going to spell out Washington State Cougars. Is it Cougars that they spelled the whole thing? It, it's Go Cougs. But, yeah, no, but they know that W-A. Yeah, but right? I mean, okay. But it's like, know, God, this, this is going to take do. six. We could time this song with a sundial. All right. You know, but the fight look, song. It's supposed to be over in 25 fight. seconds. It's a great fight song. What's the matter with you? I love it. Our next guest loves it. Uh, Keith Shipman joining us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. Now, I know, Keith, it's a highlight for you to be on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. Long-time Seattle area Pacific Northwest broadcaster. Spending time here at KJR. Uh, but Como Cairo, Q13, longtime television personality. He helped uh, Pat O'Day fire up the generator at the original KJR back he, in 1930. Yeah, he, he's, he, he's got plenty of stories. <laughs> Keith, how are you, I buddy? Heard record that, I heard them record the fight song that you just played. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Keith was in on that session. Yeah, Keith, can we, you, have some weight, you, have some, you can pull some weight over at, at, uh, in Pullman. Can we get a new fight song, like a new recorded version that the uh, Murrow School of Communication can send out to everyone? I was just going to, you know, I was thinking, I think I got a 499 credit in order to graduate by just being able to spell out the fight song. Yeah, that's right. That's um, just... You know, we, that's, that's part of the Merle College degree, isn't it? You got to be able to sing the fight song. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we, we thank you for coming on today. I mean, obviously, yeah. uh, yesterday was, uh, I mean, I, I would assume, I mean, not a fun event, but it's an, an event in which you are, you know, paying respects to someone who's just a, a legend in the business, and that being Keith Jackson. And, and, and Keith, I, you couldn't pick a better setting to have a, a celebration of life for Keith Jackson to have it then on the field at the Rose Bowl because he was the Rose Bowl. Keith Jackson and the Rose Bowl go hand in hand. It was an extraordinary afternoon, and um, you, you have to give credit really to, to, to Jerry Fouts and the people at the Rose Bowl. Uh, Dan Fouts' wife was the organizer of the, the event along with Carol Kowalski from the uh, from the Murrow College, and they did a sensational job creating an environment where you could really celebrate the voice of college football's life. And there, there is no better place to be on New Year's Day uh, than Pasadena, California, for a football game and, and the parade and all the pageantry. And there was really no better place to celebrate Keith Jackson's life than, than the place that he made so special. Uh, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, there were moments of sadness, there were moments of laughter and, and uh and there were moments of great appreciation for having had the chance to to know the person, to watch the person, and 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 have him uh, in your living room every Saturday, you know, for all those years that he was a voice of college football. It was really special, and, and well, there's great stories that were shared too. By you know, it was just a, it was a hall of fame of of college football, just a Keith, hall of fame of college football. There, Keith, Keith Chipman is our guest, and Keith, it's one of the ha- you know we all have happy accidents in our life. One of the happy accidents of your life is that you really got to know Keith Jackson well. Uh, and knew him for an awfully long time. I'm I'm curious. Given those two facts, were there was there a story you heard yesterday that you either hadn't heard or had forgotten? Mm-hmm. Was there something that jumps to your mind? And go, wow, I didn't I didn't know that about Keith. Well, you know, um, there there were there were several actually gas that that were shared, um, but they all kind of went back to the recurring theme of uh, he was a very humble man who really wanted to put the spotlight on the players and the coaches rather than on himself. And and as you probably have read and have heard from Keith along the way, one of the things that he disdained in today's sports world is that everyone is so verbose 
and the, the, the listener or the viewer isn't allowed to form their own opinion. You know, his, his mantra was amplify, clarify, and don't intrude, or, or as he first described it to us when we were students at Washington State, amplify, clarify, punctuate, and let the listener or viewer draw their own conclusion. In other words, treat them as if they have a brain. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and now uh, everyone is so focused with, between the play-by-play guy and, and four color commentators and sideline analysts and, and you know, every, everybody else that gets involved with just this this over this overdose of, of information that oftentimes the the listener or the viewer isn't able to digest that and then form their own opinion, uh, either from a news perspective. And a lot of people forget he began as a news guy at ABC, at ABC Radio in Los Angeles, or, or later at, at, involved in sports. Um, the, the, probably the most poignant part of the service for me, um, you know, we had all these sports superstars there, but his children spoke and his grandson spoke. His grandson was just sensational. Uh, but his, his son, Lindsay, got up and, and said, you know, all, all you folks know Keith for Fumble and Woe Nelly, and I, I know him, I know that cadence uh, from saying, uh, why is the garbage can still at the curb? <laughs> or uh, <laughs> or, or, or that, that, homework, that homework needs more work, or uh, at, at and how fast were you really going? <laughs> so, just, and that was probably the greatest recurring theme of the day. Keith really was a was a a, a family guy. He he and Turianne, his wife, were married for sixty five years. You know, she grew up in Pullman. They met at the golf course. She worked. Her family operated the golf course in Pullman. And they spent sixty five years together and raised a great family, uh, both in the Pacific Northwest and in Southern California. And uh, you know, this, uh, it, that was the part of the story that people, I thought, needed to hear because he was such a, such a, such a great man. You know, he used to be a curmudgeon at times, uh, but that's because he had an expectation, a standard that he wanted everyone to meet. But he was, always very, he was always very firm about that, but he was also very, very grateful and appreciative of everybody who put their oar in the water and, and pulled it in the same direction with him. A long-time uh, Pacific Northwest broadcaster, Keith Shipman, joining us here on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. One of the uh, early uh, pioneers here at Sports Radio 950 KJR back in the day, and also spent some uh, television time over at Q13. Uh, owns a bunch of stations down in Bend, Oregon. I always, I'll come and sweep the floors. I always tell Keith, I don't care what you want me to do. I just want to. <laughs> you don't, you don't like it live. here. I do, it, but I love because Bend. I've joined you. Yeah, I just love Bend, Oregon. It's just, it's wonderful yeah. down there. Well, uh, enjoy Bend. We, <laughs> yeah, fine. Can I just do the show from down there? Be yeah. great. Uh, Keith, I, I mentioned earlier that you know one of the biggest one of the biggest influences on my life growing up, and then obviously getting into this, you know, this type of job and profession was was because of Keith Jackson. I mean, one of the biggest reasons mm-hmm. why. Well, one, because my dad was said, said you, you can't leave state, so there was a couple of options. Uh, I was not getting into UW. And, but, honestly, I wanted to go to school. When I found out that Keith Jackson went to Washington State, I'm like, I, I'm sold. I'm in. I wanted to mm-hmm. be like a lot of young kids, probably. I wanted to be Keith Jackson. I was, at times, more interested on Saturdays to watch Keith and to hear Keith than actually watch the football game. And so he had such a profound impact on, on my young life and, and my weekends. For you, watching him from afar, but then getting to know him is kind of what Gash brought up earlier. What what was it like to, to watch him, I guess, from afar, but then get to know him? And what kind of impact did he have on your life? 
Well, it, it, his impact on me was profound, uh, Jason. It was profound. I, I I was inspired to get into sports casting, watching Mark Spitz' seven gold medal performance at the Munich Olympic Games, watching Keith Jackson call those those races. You know, those 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 swimming meets and the seven gold medals. And, and that's when the the switch turned on for me. Never did I dream that seven years later I would meet the guy. Um, and that, that was that was a moment that I'll, I'll never forget. He was in an event in Seattle, um, and Carl Click, who went on to sure. to do sports in Seattle in Portland at KGW and KHU for many years, and Lori Wagner Schoonover, uh, who is uh, an executive producer at Como TV for a number of years, and now works over at Merrill Gardens and Communications. The three of us were there with the sports information. Office with Rod Commons from Washington State at an event in Seattle, and and he took the time to meet with all three of us, and it was a, a moment that the three of us still talk about to this day, and and then he would come back to campus frequently, and he would speak with students uh, and take the time to meet with them, uh, and and then when I really began to know Keith was when I started uh, working with with KOMO uh, in the early in the early eighties on the Husky Radio Network when we would cross paths at games, and then later when I was hosting the the Don James show on KCBQ, we would cross paths in a variety of places. Uh, you know, Keith, Keith was very opinionated and I, I I'll, I'll share this story now. Uh, uh, you know, he, he shared it with others, but in 91 at the, uh, I told this to Mike Lude yesterday. Uh, Mike was at the event. He looks great. 95 years old, just, just wow. full of energy. And, and uh, uh, Keith w- was in the end zone with coach James and coach Osborne on Friday afternoon when we were doing the walkthrough. And he waved me over and uh, introduced me to Coach Osborne, and and, and then he, he pointed and said, that guy right there should be our head coach of our alma mater, Washington State. I'm looking across the field. He's pointing at Jim Lambright. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what? And he said, no, that guy's the in-state recruiter. And he, he wasn't quite sold at that point on Mike Price. Later he became sold on him, obviously. We took him to the Rose Bowl. And, you know, the, the, the moment that was that was so uncomfortable for the Cougar fans at yesterday's celebration was when Bob Greasy got up and told uh, his very poignant story about working with Keith. Uh, and it culminated with his story about his his son, winning the Most Valuable Player Award in the Rose Bowl game in 1998. And that was bittersweet for those of us who were kooks in the audience, among them Ryan Leaf, who was there, uh, because, of course, that was the game in which Michigan beat Washington State. And if the, you know, if the SEC official had figured out how to you know wind the clock properly, we, we, we would have won the damn game. <laughs> <laughs> we had a play left, Gas. I, was, I, I agree with you, actually. I was talking with a friend of mine earlier who said if Leaf had overthrown Sean McWashington in the, in the third quarter, it would have been a moot point anyway. Yeah, that's but, but but that but that that was a moment where you know the house was was brought to tears because you know Keith's line at that point you probably remember it was well we we've just learned who the most valuable player is and I'm standing right next to his daddy, you know and and Keith had the ability mm-hmm. to to distill a moment like that and really make it personal and for anybody who's ever been a parent to to you know, have their their child achieve something that's so meaningful to them, regardless of what stage they're on, it just makes you proud as can be. And and Keith knew how to take that moment and put the spotlight on Bob Greasy rather than on himself. Yeah, good point. And that that's one of the true that's one of the true gifts that he gave to the game along the way. And you know, one of the other stories that that uh, we heard along the way that that brought the house down was you know Keith. 
he didn't suffer fools well. Uh, and he, 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 uh, was talking about a, uh, we're talking about a moment where he was waiting and waiting and waiting on Bear Bryant for an interview at Alabama. And, and it waited it wait about 45 minutes. He said, that's it, guys, pack it up. We're getting out of here. And he walks away and, and Coach Bryant comes over and says, you want to talk to me? And he goes, not today, Coach. We'll catch you another time. <laughs> he just walks off with people. <laughs> Who does that to Bear Bryant? You know, uh, you know his, his impact on me was profound because I, I was fortunate that he, you know, he critiqued my work and gave me feedback. And then later in life, um, he, he'd pick up the phone and call occasionally and just want to talk. You know, he had retired. He was sitting at home in Sherman Oaks. And my phone would ring, and it's Keith. And I can't tell you how many wonderful conversations we had about life, uh, certainly about sports, but about life and, and about, you know, the journey that we take uh, that, that wasn't wrapped up in sports as much as it was wrapped up in, you know, the, the, the day-to-day living, the acts of day-to-day living. You know, part of his grace, uh, Keith, in my opinion, and you, you mentioned it there, he walked with kings. He knew all those guys, Bear and Don mm-hmm. James and Tom Osborne, on and on and on and on and on. And you knew that he knew them, but he didn't beat you over the head with it during the broadcast. We're like, you know, you know, yesterday we spent time with Coach Puffin Snort and talked mm-hmm. to him. He just had a way of elegantly working stuff like that in without being mm-hmm. as blatant about it. And again, there, there, there was a, there was, for a guy who had a big, booming voice and a big, booming presence, he had a grace about him with how to handle that in the broadcast. Mm-hmm. He, he, as I mentioned earlier, he always put the focus elsewhere. And that was, I think, the thing that endeared him to so many people, both in and out of the profession. Uh, you know, we've we all been taught that, you know, we're invited into someone's living room or into their car or into their office when they're listening or watching us. And it's a, it's a privilege to be invited uh, to be in, in your living room, to be invited to join a family while bringing them a game or, or talking about something. And, and he he understood that and he he respected that. The word respect was used a lot mm. during yesterday's service. It was used a lot, and uh, and it was it, 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 there were all, there were also humorous moments. Like Todd Harris, who uh, is now at NBC, was one of the speakers, and and you know he he poked fun at Keith because and, and Keith had an incredible sense of humor. He didn't tell jokes; he told stories that were funny. And uh, he uh, Todd Harris told a story about. Uh, you know, we all have to do these drop-ins during games, and it was promoting a new program on ABC called Snoops, which was about, as Todd Harris described it, three Victoria's Secret models who had become undercover detectives. It lasted like one season. <laughs> the, first week, the, first, the, first, the first week, Keith read the, Keith read the promo Snoops, Sunday night at 8 on ABC. And the next week, the next week he, read, he read the promo Snoops, Sunday night at 8 on ABC. <laughs> Uh, you know, I watched Snoops last night. That woman needs to get some britches. You, know, <laughs> you can hear you can, it, it, Todd brought the house down when he told that story. It was, you know, there, there are all kinds of those those moments that were so pointed. Brett, Brett Musburger had a, a great story about, uh, you know, about uh, the the long playoff baseball game that that each of them called. Uh, Brett on the radio and, and Keith on television, and and at the conclusion of the game. Keith reached around the, the the wall that separated the two broadcast booths and and handed him uh, a kettle one, which was one of Keith's favorite uh, uh, drinks of choice. And uh, and and Musburger shared, you know, the just the the camaraderie. Even though they were competitors, there was a camaraderie that he always held. And you know, Keith always helped young people. Um, he and he and his wife Turianne, 
uh, had a sports scholarship for, for sportscasters at Washington State. And I, I was fortunate enough to, to earn that when I was a junior. And that helped put me through my senior year of college. I mean, I, I put myself through school, and, and his scholarship helped me get through school. And there were several other young men that were privileged to receive that award that were present uh, yesterday, which was really neat to see, uh, ranging from the, the 70s through the you know, through the, uh, the 90s. And now they've established a, a scholarship for excellence at Washington State that benefits uh, all kinds of students and all kinds of courses of study. And they were very generous to their alma mater. Um, but they changed a lot of young people's lives, myself included, with their generosity. Place in, I, I mean, I just was, it would be like an open-ended question. What, what do you guys think his place in college football history is? Like when, when you think of college football, when I, when, I, when I think of it, if someone were to give me the Mount Rushmore of college football, mm-hmm. he would be up there. I would instantly pick him as one of the pillars of the sport. Keith, I'd say to, to add on Puck's thing there that you just mentioned, that in, in my opinion, at least in my lifetime, maybe I'm overlooking somebody obvious, the two best announcers of college football, yeah. the two guys that made you know, hey, I'm watching an important game here, were Musburger and Jackson. If they're doing the game, settle down and, and, and watch because it's probably an important game. Agreed, and, and all of the coaches and athletes who spoke yesterday said that if if Keith Jackson was in the booth, you stood up taller, you ran yeah. faster, yeah. you prepared better because you didn't want him to call you out. Now you knew he wouldn't call you out negatively, but he would he would uh, he would put a spotlight on you, and you wanted to make sure that your mommy and daddy back home knew that the spotlight was positive and not the other way around. Yeah. And I, I would agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, you know, one of the things that Keith told me the last time I spoke with him in, in mid-December was ESPN spent the better part of a week with him in October of last year uh, getting his thoughts and reflections on college football. They're apparently putting together a series on the history of college football, which will be, which will be magnificent. And one of the things he said to me was, you know what? I was around for 50 of the 125 years. <laughs> so I probably have more, you know, I probably have more rolling around up in my head that I've forgotten about that, that uh, would be helpful to this. It's just a shame that he didn't live long enough to see the finished product. Mm-hmm. Because I think he would have been, you know, one of the biggest pieces of that from a historical perspective and from a big moments perspective. Um, you know, he... He is on that Mount Rushmore. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Certainly, certainly Brett Musburger is. Uh, and then if you if you look at college football in general, you know I'd, I'd have to say Bear Bryant on that on that uh, on that Mount Rushmore. And you know coaches of that of that standard. You know, gosh, you and I grew up in the in the '60s and '70s. We remember all those great games that Keith Jackson called on Saturday afternoon. Right. And, and I have to tell you, one of the one of the most amazing evenings of my life was in Salisbury, North Carolina in, uh, I believe it was 1995 when Keith was inducted into the National Sportscasters and Sportswriters Hall of Fame. And we, we played a round of golf, and I was playing with a guy named Bill Teagans. Uh, Bill was the late uh, play-by-play announcer for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. He died in that tragic basketball plane crash several years ago. And Bill and I played golf that afternoon. We were walking off the course, and Keith waved us into the bar and said, let's have dinner. And so we sat down at, table with Keith, at the table with Keith, and then Frank Broyles showed up <laughs> and sat down with us. And, and Bill and I, our eyes were as big as saucers. We listened to stories well into the early hours of the following morning. It was amazing. They, were, they began by talking about the games and then the personalities 
and then the uh, the stories behind the personalities, and it was laughter and, and a lot of stuff you can't repeat. Uh, but it was it was one of the most amazing nights. And what what it really reminded me of is you know when you're when you're doing a ball game, you hope that you hope that you project that anybody could sit down at the bar stool with you and join the conversation, and and be you felt to make welcome during that conversation. And that's what Keith did so well with, you know, with, um, with um, uh, Dan Fouts uh, alongside, with Frank Broyles alongside, uh, with Tim Brandt alongside, Bob Greasy. And he, he, you always felt as if you were part of that conversation. You were an insider. And, uh, and I think that's what makes him so special and made him so special as a play-by-play announcer. Um, you know, Al Michael said he was – the original. He wasn't an original. He was the original. And there's a lot of truth to that. Keith, you're the best. We appreciate you, you jumping on today, reflecting, uh, reflecting on the life of Keith Jackson. We appreciate it so much. It's good to catch up with you. Thanks, uh, Puck. Now, let me get this straight. You're going to Bend and Gas is going to be full-time into the future? Yes. I'm, I'm I, leaving I need, July 1st. Nobody I, believes me, but it's true. I need some type of... Oh. I'll, <laughs> I'll sweep, I'll coffee, whatever you need down there. I'll, I'll be your gopher. Well, don't, go, don't, don't leave. You guys sound great together. It's really a joy to hear both of you together. And, guests, uh, welcome back. It's nice to have you on the air again. Thanks, Ship. All right, Keith. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Go Cougs. All right, go Cougs. Keith Shipman. There you always got to slip it in. Go Cougs. Uh, Keith, uh, again, longtime uh, television personality here in the Northwest. I mean, what is he? The president and CEO of the Washington State Broadcasters Association. Um, had opened up some stations down at Bend. Uh, worked at Q13. Worked here at KJR. Just yeah. a, a great... A great guy, great broadcaster, and then reflecting yesterday on the celebration of life for Keith Jackson at the Rose Bowl. I was uh, fortunate enough to, I I didn't know Keith Jackson near the level that that Shippy did, Uh, but one time I got to, a couple times I actually talked to him on the phone, and and Keith was right, he was just a guy sitting around his house, and you know, like like many guys in their 70s, kind of lonely, and hey, I want to, so I did a profile, Don Borst was editing Lindy's College Football Preview Magazine, I did a profile for Keith Jackson. So I call him and we talk for, you know, however long and I get all the information I need. And then I, you know, we're done and we're just talking about stuff. So I said, let me, can I ask you a personal question? He says, yeah, sure. I said, I hope this is, the answer is forever, but how long are you going to keep working? I mean, how, how long do you want to keep doing this? And he goes, and you got to imagine in his voice, he's like, and, and you got to imagine that he didn't exactly say what I'm going to say. There's one word that changes. You'll know the word. Cause this just came out of the blue. He goes, well, I'm I'm going to have to work probably two or three more years because my accountant tells me Uncle Sam has screwed me out of too much money. <laughs> but he didn't say. I'm like, oh my god! And hearing him say that was the funniest thing I ever heard in my life. Uh, so many great calls, so many memories that Keith Jackson uh, had over the years. Uh, we could pick. There's a million to choose from. But um, as we leave you uh, for this segment, uh, you're reminded of one of his greatest calls. Fourth and five, the national championship on the line right here. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Vince Young scores. Now back to Puck and the Gas Man on your home for Seattle's best NFL draft coverage. Sports Radio 950, KJR. God, the NFL draft. It's uh, a week from Thursday. We're 10 days away. Holy cow. Have you started the Gas Man profiles we, yet? We, First up with Saquon Barkley. I'm waiting for that to hit the website. Well, yeah, those of us who are Indiana fans are happy he's getting the hell out of the league. Yeah. That's a good place for him to go is out of our hair. Who's the Gas Man's top hot five 
top picks right now. Uh, the kid from Alabama. I mean, he's <laughs> probably in the thing. And then I, that one Texas guy, I sure. like him a lot. Rosen um, or Darnold? Who does you have on your big board? Uh, I, I got out to check when I get home. <laughs> Everything got thrown off by the flat tire Saturday night. Oh. So, so we'll get get things fixed and we'll get on the big board this afternoon. Oh, how was the flat tire? We forgot to do our weekend wrap at ten forty five because I was. Well, we I had was, to update. The, I was bumbling about my yeah. my stupid. Um, a uh, trip down in Arizona. With Can the, I tell uh, you my favorite thing about the weekend wrap is that we've never done it? I know. We've talked about it every week as well. Well, we did it one time. Wrap. Did we? I think we did yeah, it. We, one, did. we, we did it one time. But we yeah. had to put it into about a two-minute segment. I, I yeah. know. It's, it's, it's me. I get carried away and stuff. Hey, I got a question. Yeah. Did the Sounders score a goal this weekend, they Jackson? Did, How about that? Tied, right? How about two that? Two goals. Two very good goals. If if uh, if we didn't have a, uh, a, a fullback who could... Defend properly, then there would be a two nothing win. But uh, that's all right. Oh, like Boy, that's just not a fullback either. Yeah, it's a, that sound that sounds like half empty instead of half full over there, Jackson. You had it, to bring that up. It huh? should have been two nothing. It really should have been even two one. But two two, we'll take it. It's a point, and we're on the board. Will you? Will we be blistering commentary tomorrow on Sounders Weekly from seven to eight o'clock? Yeah, we. I, it'll be myself. I hope to interview uh, Will Bruin, who scored the first Sounders. Hey, goal wait, whoa, year. whoa, where, where's he from? Uh, where's Will Bruin from? Mm-hmm. Birian. I don't know. I don't know. He's from the eight-time national champion Indiana Hoosier soccer program. He always comes back to Indiana. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Garth Lagerway as well tomorrow. All right. Garth Lagerway. He's on weekly, though. He is weekly. He's a gay. You should should bill it as your co-host. Yeah. You should bill it as as the Garth Lagerway show with Jackson Feltz. (laughs) So well, he's they, only on for for like ten minutes. You're so. missing the point here. Yeah, but just put his name on the marquee, right? Yeah, That's what my, you do. It's, it's my show. It's the same. <laughs> I like that. No, no, no. It's, me, it's not Gar's show. Let it's, me ask you something. It's my show. Aren't the Sounders? Aren't we the official home of the Sounders? We are. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Is there a reason we never see a Sounder in the office? I never nobody doing a podcast or somebody coming in to bring us sandwiches yeah. or 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 kicking a ball down the. Yeah, shouldn't there be something Here's going on? The reason why because you leave so quick after the show, you don't see the guys that come in and do the show with me on Tuesdays. Well, I'm not going to stay till Tuesday night. Well, last seven. week no, 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 it was no. stretch. They, they can, no, no, it was Danny Jackson. They, they uh, can't. They come in here and and we because right. their schedules are busy. We have to get stuff uh, stuff get stuff filed. Their schedules are busy. My ass. Everybody's got a busy hey. schedule. What was that? What was the best? Who was the guy at spring training? Who was that? Jose the, Mesa. What did Jose table. Mesa tell you? you? Couldn't do the interview. Why? Gave us five excuses. Me and Pat Howard. Five excuses in the span of like 25 minutes. First, he had to like go shower, uh, and then he had to eat lunch. And but the last one was. I gotta put on some lotion. <laughs> I'm starting to think Jose is not going to do the interview with us. I got lotion to go. I gotta put on lotion. I don't have time to talk Rick to you Griffin's guys. Rick Griffin's lotioning me up. I'm out. I, I can't do it. Uh, I want to wrap up Keith Jackson for just a second. He said he had a, so he had a motto in life, which applied obviously you know to his personal life, but also applied to his to his profession. And we played that clip going out mm-hmm. of his great call in perhaps the greatest college football game ever. Texas over USC national championship in the Rose Bowl. So beautifully understated that call. It's and the color oh. guy, Greasy, not feeling like I've got to add anything. The picture, the let the pictures tell the story. It was it's a brilliant call. So his motto in life was amplify, clarify, don't intrude. It was just per and when you listen to him on Saturdays, mm-hmm. that's exactly uh, the case. And, yeah. and what I said earlier when we had Keith Shipman on that last segment, yeah, I mean, one of the biggest reasons why I chose to go to Washington State, when I found out that he went to school there. And because, like, you know, every – it was weird when when uh, when Rod Simons passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, we're almost a little year over ago. a year ago. Yeah. A little over a year. You know, I did – I think Ian was gone that day, and I, and I talked about how, you know, when I was growing up in this area that 
you know, my heroes obviously were were players as well. I mean, I loved Kurt Warner back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like every kid, I loved you know Steve Largent. I loved all the Sonics and you know Dale Ellis, Xavier McDaniel, all those guys. You know, and eventually Gary Payton still is my favorite player of all time. What I grew up even more though, and having um, looking up to, were the broadcasters. Right. So when I was growing up, I loved Rod Simons mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. than anything because he was always happy. He was, every time, yeah. That, oh, yeah. Tell, every time that camera came on, he was the happiest guy in the world. Yeah. And uh, and it goes for everyone. Wayne Cody. Oh my God! I, I, the the Sunday drives that I had with my dad in our in our camper to go to the Seahawks tailgating and to sit underneath the viaduct when you used to be able to park underneath the viaduct on the railroad track. Right. Yeah. So back yeah. in the day, people don't ever remember that. You could we would sit there and listen to Wayne. You know, to Wayne Cody do the pregame and the postgame show, and then obviously listen to Pete Gross and. You know, guys like that, and Dave Niehaus, and um, and Keith Jackson falls into that. I literally would just sit on Saturdays. I could, I didn't really care who the game was. Right. I right. just wanted to hear Keith talk to me. I'm not a very religious person mm-hmm. at all, but he was like the pastor to me. Yeah. Right. I well, just again, wanted to hear what he said that day. And and this is just in my mind, and and maybe this is when you reach a certain age, it's hard for you to reach back and find the other thing. It just doesn't. I don't know if there's somebody right now whose voice makes me go, okay, this is a big game. This is, I mean, Al Michaels, certainly, if he's doing it against, whatever this is, and I mean, I'm, I'm being, it's a little bit of hyperbole there. Obviously, no, we think, know what a big I game think is. you're right, though. I think that we have, we've killed the unique voice and broadcaster. Well, part of it is it's because every game's on, which is great yeah. for the fans, but every, you know, it, there are so many guys doing college football now. There's, you know, there's a, there's 40 games a, a, a week on. I mean, there's, you know, right. it's unbelievable how many games there are. So, that's a little bit of it too, but the the guys like Keith Jackson that could just that just had that way of 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 setting the stage, mm-hmm. and then again, if that's the greatest game in college football history, and I am here to say I think you're right, I think it is the USC Texas game, and if that's the last play, and it was, it's a brilliant call, and I just don't know that there's guys today that can do that without without being more verbose. Which is funny for a talk show host to criticize that because we, all we do is sit here and talk. But there was always something with the TV guys that knew how to let the pictures tell the story, and 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 how look a big play is a big play. I don't need to tell everybody this was a big play. I think the story is it's uh, you know from from the elder buck. I think this is how it went down. You know when Gibson hit the home run, mm-hmm. I believe he took off his headset. If I have the story right, like walked back and got a cup of coffee. I've never heard that, but that that could very and just, likely and, yeah. and just mm-hmm. and to let it breathe, yeah, and and I think that's what that's what Keith did there, and yeah, you just don't you don't find that nowadays. I mean, I the I think the best broadcaster. I don't even know who the best national guy is now. I, mean, I think I, Fowler's okay. Yeah. I like him okay, but he's not at that level. No, and maybe there never will be that guy. That it may be hard because again, it's it's. I mean, they're trying to you know with right now he does the big Saturday night game, and yeah. I think he's I, I like him. I liked Herb Street more before all the shenanigans last year where he kind of just went out of his way to just crap all over Washington. And then the next week when the same basic thing happens to Ohio State, he doesn't say a word about it. It's like, all right. well, I they, loved it. I'm sure you did. <laughs> uh, but there's some integrity questions at some point where you go, look, if you're going to sure. be this way, you got to be this way for everybody. Um, but but Keith, uh, he was he just, you know, again, it, it's not by accident that you end up having a memorial at the Rose Bowl and well, everybody in the sport shows up he, for it. You know, the the one phrase he always gets recognized for is, is whoa, Nelly. Right. He said it like one time. He said it a few times and never mean, as much as people took it, you know, but the fumble yeah. and all that kind of yeah. stuff and the, and the big, the youngins, he'd always, the big yeah. uglies, those were, 
But the greatest thing that he ever did was he named the Rose Bowl. Right. He mm-hmm. people may not know this. He he's the one who came up granddaddy of them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, and that's you refer to it. It's the best setting in, in sports, I think. Yeah. There's nothing else like it. I've always thought that every big game in football should always be played at the Rose Bowl. Right. It should be the home of the national championship every year. Hell, it should be the home of the Super Bowl every year because it's. I don't know how they do well. I, it's just the greatest setting in sports. And I, he delivered. I remember, and and again, we, we talk about the big moments, but the, the, you know, every game it felt like he'd say something. That was, and I, I remember yeah. one thing that that I, I've always talked about that that I just loved, and it's it was on my mind this morning as I'm driving in because I'm thinking, here come the Astros for the Mariners, yeah. and, I, and I thought of Keith Jackson because there was a great open one time where it, it's he's doing Michigan Ohio State, and they put the camera on him, you know, and he's up above the stadium, and he's uh, you know for the Michigan Wolverines this year, ten games. 10 wins. So far, so good. <laughs> but those are the Ohio State Buckeyes knocking on the door. And I'm just, yeah. just brilliant. You know, and again, I'm thinking that day, like, oh, the M's 8 and 5. So far, so good. But those are the Houston Astros yeah. knocking on the door. He just, uh, uh, he did, he did more with less than anybody in terms of, right. of the language and knowing how to use it and, 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 and just was a character, too. You know, you, you hear the stories of him handing Brent a kettle one and, you know, you awesome. know, w- was into the whole lifestyle, the whole thing and, and how it happened. And, and and just uh, yeah, a, a brilliant, brilliant voice. And, and you know what? Also, kind of knew when to go. Knew when it was time to say, yeah, okay, I'm I'm gonna sure. now just live my life quietly. And I'm sure he was lonesome. You know, you probably are near the end. But but he had nothing to feel to second guess about or anything. He did so many big games. Uh, coming up at the uh, top, they are lunch with listeners. Have an announcement for lunch with listeners as well. David Locke, the voice of the Jazz, uh, will join us, and we'll have a special announcement coming up next about uh, a new partner. Uh, with lunch with listeners, right. yeah, new part, and then also uh, in our next segment, if I did something last night I've never done before in watching sports for a particular team, uh, and then also what what could have been uh, here in this city, but I want to leave it with another highlight. I was 12 years old uh, when this game happened. And this was I remember watching this game uh, at home, thinking, man, this not only is he great, but this was a great moment for my alma mater. And so now all the Cougars have to do is snap it one time and this game will go down as one of the more stunning upsets of this football season UCLA cannot stop Washington State has not won against the Bruins in Southern California since 1958 they could still screw it up but today they have <laughs> Washington State defeats number one UCLA 34 to 30. Now back to Puck and the Gas Man on your home for Seattle's best NFL draft coverage. Sports Radio 950 KJR. All right, lunch with listeners about 10 minutes away. It will include not only a chat with you on the phone lines, but also a visit from David Locke, the voice of the Utah Jazz. Talk about. Uh, the Jazz couldn't pull it off uh, yesterday. So hey. We'll get some thoughts uh, from him and also uh, the NBA playoffs. I want to, because, I mean, look, man, you t- a, nation, a nation turns its lonely eyes to you, David Locke. you got to beat the Thunder, pal. This is partially well, on him. And if, if Locke and the Jazz can't handle it, then you know what? We're going to have to really evaluate and reevaluate what we think of David Locke as a human being and as a man. <laughs> 
But because don't you give me this, oh, we couldn't handle the thunder. Hey. I don't want to hear that for one minute. And those dopey new uniforms that he likes, you better handle yeah. the thunder, Locke. That's the I mean, one thing he's got to admit, but he's not going to admit it. Oh, the, he loves them. The uniforms are just the, he the goes terrible. On this, he goes on this rampage about it's the mountains and the sun and the no, this and the that. Awful. And it's like, it looks uh, like I don't somebody like had too much meth outside Moab and designed a That's uniform. That's what they look exactly like. Well, yesterday it had me, it had me, um, it had me thinking, but before that, uh, 10 minutes away, lunch with listeners. Happy to announce, have a new sponsor for lunch with listeners. How about that? Now, who did this sponsorship deal? Which one of our salespeople went out and got a sponsor for, for lunch with listeners? Jason Puckett. <laughs> Not only Moonlight as a talk show host, but as a salesperson here at KJR. I, I threw you a lob pass there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, there's so many different angles we like could go with that right stuff. off the dribble. Well, I always like, I just like to, There, there's a few, th- I like to be associated with just a few people just because they're things that I use. And and this particular company is I use a lot and probably use uh, too much. But uh, starting today, uh, we're going to be giving out uh, gift cards, but uh, Lunch with Listeners is going to be brought to you by The Other Coast uh, Cafe. If you've been listening to me over the last few years, The Other Coast Cafe to me is it's the greatest sandwich shop in this area, in this state. they got three locations. I go to the Ballard one mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, Capitol Hill, and then run right up here. They just opened, God, how long ago? Maybe a year, over a year ago? Year ago yeah. Yeah? yeah. Uh, right up here in Queen Anne. Other Coast Cafe is just, you want a good sandwich. The Other Coast Cafe the is your Cajun. spot. So, the, uh, yeah, the Raging Cajun oh. is their sandwich that everybody knows. I'll bring it in for you. Ooh, I, well, I know I, you're watching kind of what you're eating. No, that's we'll fine. We'll share I, the Raging Cajun. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to. And I've been to the Ballard location. Yeah. I wasn't aware they had two others. And, yeah, yeah. it's fantastic. So the Other Coast Cafe now will uh, lunch with listeners. Uh, lunch with listeners will be brought to you by Other Coast Cafe. We'll give a, a gift card out uh, every single day. I, I can't thank uh, Emily and her crew. I can't think more enough. I mean, they were they were just terrific. They were terrific to work with. They were, they were welcoming, and they loved the idea. Is there a they chance, the do you think, Jackson, that they did the deal just to get Puck to leave? Because that happens at sales, and that's a very effective Probably. sales technique. Probably, is, is you just keep saying, and finally, you know, God, God you know, because hey, really, at the end, end of it, do you think if we say yes, he'll just get out of here and we get back <laughs> he'll to stop work? Stop coming. How well, much really? does how much does it cost? Let's do it. Let's just so we can end this conversation. <laughs> really, at the end of the day, this was self serving. Yeah, well, I, because I love it more than anyone. It's and good I just for you. Yeah, to be able to go in there and be like, oh, you're here again. Oh, sure, you, you, it, the sandwich is on us. Well, we, it's <laughs> it's funny because we've done lunch with listeners when you were gone, and we and we we found you know I, my favorite, I think, lunch with listeners moment of the last three days in addition to me trying to murder it, was the guy who apologized for having Taco Bell. And I'm like, you owe nobody an apology for that. He was going, I'm sorry, it's not. I'm like, no, this is awesome. It was like leftover. And well, the other guy had wrong wrong with Taco boring. Bell. Here, here's the other thing. Here's it, the other fast food one that, that I cracked up. I guess I'm having leftover Arby's. And I go, want to hang on a minute. Leftover Arby's? <sighs> Have you ever in your life had a fast food meal that you're like, I'm going to save this for? I mean, come on. You Probably, pl- but I don't. I don't. I'm not sure. I'm doing it with Arby's. You plow through what you've yeah. got. You don't sit there and go, "This will go." And this guy was, you know, no, no, I, I saved half. I of think my- I've, 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 had, I've ordered like one too many bean burritos from Taco Bell that okay. I've, I've left in there. I mean, I, the bean burrito Taco Bell is maybe the greatest thing ever. The odd, I, I would agree. The odds so of a, I've got a funny bean burrito story for you, but the odds of. A half an Arby's sandwich making yeah. it through 12 hours in our refrigerator at our place no. is zero. Drenched in horsey sauce? Probably zero. not. We're at, at, the, the, at the Rose Bowl in 98 when the Cougars got screwed. Oh, we did. 
I did a down and back trip. We left at six in the morning, plane full of Cougar fans. We go down yeah. there, go to the game. We fly, and now we're we're leaving the Rose Bowl, and everybody is is hammered yeah. and hungry and angry and tired. And we all kind of agree: look, we got to make this flight out of the Burbank Airport. We yeah. have to get there. But we all also agree we're hungry. So we said, well, look, remember, there's a Taco Bell right by our gate. This will be perfect. We'll get, you know, this will be awesome. So we got 200 drunk, angry Coog fans and a Taco Bell that had nothing but bean, the, the bean stuff. There were no tacos. There were no nachos. Just there were no, bean burritos. Just bean. I don't even think they had burritos. People just with <laughs> cups of refi getting on a plane after drinking all day. Oh. It was it was just. Uh, That's a fun ride home. Oh, boy. Oh, Booze, boy. Booze, beer, and, and beans and for as three I, hours. As I recall, we may have stopped in Portland on the way home. Oh, so geez. it was just all by the up and the down and the pressure and the. Bl- it was, yeah, that was. That, that's my lunch with Lister story for uh, you today. Neil Scott's going to have the headlines for you. Top of the hour, David Locke, voice of the Jazz, uh, will join us to talk about uh, the Jazz performance last night and also about the NBA playoffs. And I did something last night, and I'll tell David that I was rooting for the Utah Jazz. And it makes – now, it's justified because of who they were playing. Now, you have nothing to apologize I have – there's no other team in sports that I've hated more growing up than mm-hmm. the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. Well. And so I felt conflicted for a little bit until I re- obviously you know who they're playing. So David Locke, voice of the Jazz, uh, coming up after headlines with Neil Scott.